Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Welcome to Unscrewed, the show that knows that real liberation includes sexual liberation. I am your host, Jacqueline Friedman, and welcome to another Spare Parts episode of Unscrewed, where we bring you a little bit of this, a little bit of that and we get you in and out in 15 minutes or less. Hello, Unscrewed Nation. How are you? It's a lot. I feel like I say that every time, but it is a lot every fucking time. I want to start where it's a lot. So I want to start by talking about Joe Biden and Dr. Willie Parker and a lot of the controversy. I fucking hate that word at this point around both of them, around allegations that women have made that they have touched them inappropriately in wildly different ways. I I don't really mean to lump them together, except that both of these stories broke, like, in the last few days. And also, they're both men who are supposed to be on our side. So if you don't know, Dr. Willie Parker is a huge leader in the repro rights and repro justice space and a woman has who has been a colleague of his and and a mentee of his uh came forward to say that he raped her that he had sex with her while she was too drunk to consent which is rape and subsequently joe biden has been in the news because a woman who was a lieutenant governor candidate at the time of the incident, has come forward to say that he, at a campaign event, stood behind her and, like, smelled her hair and, like, put a, like took her head in his hands and put a long kiss on the top of it. Obviously, those are really different allegations, but what they share in common is a sort of common agony over when it's men on our side <laughs> and, um, and I, I don't want to get too deep in the fucking weeds on that. I feel pretty crystal clear, honestly, that like just because they're supposed to be guys who are supposed to be on our team doesn't mean we give them a pass for consent violations, large or small. We can't. Like if we mean this, if this isn't just a fucking political strategy, which it isn't for me anyway, and I think for most of you, 
we really can't give them pass. What that means in each case is different, right? Like, that doesn't mean necessarily that they are shunned forever. It doesn't even mean that we can't investigate, you know, that responsible journalists can't follow responsible journalism standards for investigating sexual assault and, you know, investigate the Dr. Willie Parker case. Like, I think that, you know, all those things are appropriate, but I do think that we have to come from a place where we start by believing the survivor, the woman in both of these cases, because often, although not always, it is gendered. And we start from that stance. You know, so if we're investigating, we're investigating to see if we can corroborate, right? Not if we can tear apart the story. And honestly, those of us who are not journalists working on the story can decide to believe her without corroboration. You know, that's one thing to print it in a newspaper. And it's another thing for you and I to say, like, I believe her. I don't really see why she would come forward and lie about this. Um, and as a as a feminist stance, I just believe her. Um, and so I feel like all the hemming and hawing about like, well, there are guys like I really honestly has been kind of heartbreaking, heartbreaking and sickening to me. I know that in the Dr. Willie Parker case, there is the complicating factor of racism um, and the idea that the antis would love for this to be true because they want to tear us apart. And similarly, in the Joe Biden case, you know, it could be the right or it could be an opposing primary candidate who has an interest in undermining Joe Biden. Um, you know, it's important to consider those factors, I guess. You know, it's, it's okay to mention that those things may be true, but I don't think that they override our duty to start by believing. The thing I want to point out is that both of these cases, let's assume for the moment that the allegations are true in both cases. That would mean that both of these actions were committed by good guys who got access, right, to touch these women in the ways that they did based on their good guy reputations, based on their reputation of wanting to protect and defend women. And that's why protect and defend is like such a pernicious horseshit uh, framework. And that's what I want to say here, right? So the idea that Joe Biden has so much respect for women that he would never intentionally make one uncomfortable may fucking be true. But the word intentionally is doing a real lot of work in that case, right? The fact that Dr. Parker may not have realized she wasn't consenting is not a fucking excuse. It's not a fucking excuse when it's a 18-year-old boy and at college party and it's not an excuse when it's Dr. Willie Parker. It's not 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 an excuse. These men, if these stories are true, do not see women as possessing bodily autonomy. They see women in a state of waiting to be touched waiting to be acted upon unless we say no and stop them. And I'm here to say for the 47 million 11th time, women's bodies are not in a state of consent. <laughs> when I walk around through the world and interact with people, even people I know and like and look up to, my body is not in a state of consenting to their touch, to their interaction until I say no. My body is in a state of no until you get a yes, just like everybody else's body. 
And until we shift the frame from like, we need to protect women from violence, you may have heard me talk in different instances about how we have to go further than saying like, women shouldn't be violated to women have the right to sovereignty and self-determination in our bodies, right? The reason that frame shift is so important is these exact instances, right? These men, I believe that even if these events happen, that these men did not think they were doing anything wrong. And that is why we have to shift this frame because it has to become obvious that this is wrong, right? It has to become obvious that women's bodies are not in a state of ready consent until you're told otherwise, because that's just horseshit. That's, that's entitlement. It's, it's, it's a violent framework. So that's my little rant about that. Uh, and the thing that I don't hear talked about enough in, in either of these conversations is how they point to a profound malnourishment of our discourse about how we conceive of women and women's bodies, even from the good guys. All right. Rant over. I hope you all are taking care of yourselves. I know that's not like the only even bit of bad news in the that's circulating right now. So I just hope everyone is being as gentle with yourself as you can. You all have been lovely to me. I heard from so many of you responding to the last Spare Parts episode about how much you appreciated hearing that advice question and my answer about how bad you have to feel about sexual violation for it to count. And I'm just here to say, again, there's no litmus test, right? Like, however you're suffering, however it hurts, whenever it hurts, that's valid. And you should, you deserve care and you deserve justice and you deserve not to have been harmed, even if it's not like a fatal wound, right? Even if you don't feel like it's fucked up every part of your life or, you know, there's no... There's no threshold of suffering you have to cross before your pain matters and the harm that was done to you matters. So I'm both glad and sad that resonated and I'm really glad to have heard from you all and uh, definitely keep the emails and the tweets and the DMs and all of that coming. I also heard from a couple of folks who had written in previously for advice. I heard from listener Michelle, whose advice question you can hear in the spare parts episode, All That Gender Shit, which I think was at the beginning of this, of February of this year, who wrote about being in a sort of sexually mismatched new relationship where she felt like things were not heating up as fast as she wanted them to. Uh, and she wrote that though things did pick up the guy I had written about and I decided to end things ended up not being the right fit long term. Michelle, I'm sorry. That sucks. We always hope that when we get excited about someone that that will last. <laughs> so I'm sorry to hear that. But also I'm glad that you are just be able to look that in the eye. I think so often embedded in these questions about relationships is the assumption like we can't break up or breaking up would be a catastrophe. And I know that it sometimes feels that way and sometimes it is that way if you depend on someone for housing or you've been together a really long time and your lives are super entangled or if you feel isolated and alone without that person. You know, there can be reasons that it feels really high stakes to think like, well, maybe this relationship is just not working for me anymore. But I always think it should be on the table. It's always something you need to be able to look in the eye and I promise 
there are other relationships, right? <laughs> if you got in one, you can get in another. So Michelle, I'm sorry about the breakup. I'm glad that I could help with the advice. And I hope you find somebody who is a super great fit for you as soon as you want them. And I also heard, I actually got this email last year and I think he got lost in the shuffle. I heard from listener Jessica who wrote in, in 2017 in the episode Spare Parts Hair Vanities about wanting to sleep with a friend of hers so that she could get over some of her trauma from having been sexually assaulted. And she wrote in to say this, you gave me some great advice on the show. You recommended the book Healing Sex, which has been a wonderful resource. I'm so glad. I definitely recommend that book for survivors who are looking to heal their relationships with sex. Uh, and then she goes on. I've since made a police report report only. Good. Good to keep that option open. Joined a support group at my local rape crisis center. Also great. Great to break that isolation and get support. And realize that the only person I want to have sex with right now is myself. Seriously, I've had sex dreams about my vibrator. That was my favorite part of the whole email. I mean, I'm generally glad that you are breaking your isolation and, and working on healing and getting well. But like having a sex dream about your vibrator is like... I don't know. It makes my heart sing. So I wanted to share it with all of you. Jessica, I hope you're still doing well. And I'm sorry it took me so long to read your email. I also want to uh, share one other piece of listener feedback with you. So many of you responded to the audiobook giveaway that I did with Libro.fm a few weeks ago. Uh, and I was really glad to hook some of you up with free audiobooks of Unscrewed, as well as a couple of you got free three-month subscriptions to Libro.fm. So let me know how that's working out. And one of you kindly left an Amazon review for my book, Unscrewed, after you had listened to it on audiobook. And leaving me Amazon reviews for my book is one of the best ways to make me happy. So I'm going to read it right here because it's so good and it made me really happy. So the listener writes this. First of all, I'd like to preface this by saying that I won this audiobook in Jacqueline's Instagram giveaway. So thank you, Jacqueline. You are so welcome. I'm really, really happy to have hooked you up with it. This was a fabulous gift and every second of it had me thinking. I'm a longtime listener of the Unscrewed podcast, so I already knew I'd be in for some well-researched, witty, and hard-hitting work when I started this book. However, I was absolutely floored by the extent of Friedman's analysis and a little unsettled by all the very sobering points she brought up that have always seemed to skate right by me without a second thought. I mean, that's okay. Like, you don't spend all day long all year long, all lifelong thinking about this stuff. We all have different jobs. That's literally why I wrote the book. That's what makes this book so very important. The sexual culture around us, while improving, has a long way to go, and so often we simply do not realize it. I loved Friedman's explanations of what what's actually lying beneath the surface, and I greatly appreciated her suggestions for how to unscrew these norms that are so deeply ingrained. In short, this book packs a punch, and although its subject matter can be depressing in day-to-day -day life, you will reach the last page with a renewed sense of enthusiasm for affecting change. Can't recommend enough. Yay! Listener, thank you so much. Like, I don't know if this is going to sound corny, but I feel really seen. Like, that's all what you described is, like, what I was trying to accomplish with Unscrewed the Book. So... Thank you so much. And thank you for helping other folks find the book by leaving an Amazon review. If you other gentle listeners want to do the same and have read the book, this is your encouragement to do so. All right. That is all we have time for this week. If you 
want to respond to previous episodes, obviously I love that. If you want to leave reviews of my podcast and my book and all my shit, I love that too. Want advice about the sexual culture or your own sexual conundra, I love hearing from you too. Please get in touch. Unscrewed at JacquelineFriedman.com, J-A-C-L-Y-N-F-R-I-E-D-M-A-N.com. I'm at JacquelineF on Twitter and JacquelineFable on Instagram, and I love to see y'all there. Unscrewed is available wherever you get your podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, you name it, we try to be there. The show is produced by yours truly, Jacqueline Friedman, and edited by the fantastic Natalia Rodriguez. Our in and out music is by The Pink Tiles, and our cover art is by Nicole Dodonna and was developed in collaboration with the establishment, who also developed the sound cues. Until next week, I'm wishing you safe and happy sex lives. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.